0: Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to cover Matthew chapter 3, or at least get started on it. uh, Cover the first half of it, and we'll finish it up in the next podcast. Um, But so far, Matthew has uh, given a genealogy of Jesus, which uh, traces Jesus uh, all the way back through the Jewish lineage, so they would know for a, a fact that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Messiah that they've been looking for for a very long time, the one that all those prophets prophesied about way back in the Old Testament days and God has been silent since those prophets prophesied about the Messiah. He's been silent for over 400 years and all of a sudden an angel pops up to to Zechariah in the temple and tells him that he's going to have a son and his wife Elizabeth is going to have a child in her old age and he's going to be uh preparing the way for the messiah and 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 then an angel pops up to this virgin named mary and uh tells her that she's gonna have i mean can you imagine that uh this angel popping up to your your teenage daughter and and the angel saying hey you're gonna have a baby it's gonna be a miraculous birth because you're a virgin you've never had sex but you're gonna have this baby and by the way this baby is going to be God's son. I mean, that, that, that would, that's just huge when you really just sit down and think about it. And, and so Matthew chapter three, it starts off like this. In those days, and we'll come back to that in just a minute, but let me finish reading these first three verses. But in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. So when Matthew says, in those days, John the Baptist came uh, to the Judean wilderness and began preaching, in in what days? Well, it's everything that I just talked about. Everything in chapters one and two about Jesus being born, because he says, this is how the Messiah Jesus Christ was born, and then he and he goes into the story about the birth of Jesus that we call the, the Nativity story around Christmas time, um, and and then uh, he go, he talks about uh, um, um, John the the Baptizer uh, being born, and then we know that uh, a little bit about the childhood of Jesus if we go to Luke chapter two. Uh, Because that's when uh, Jesus was around, I think he was 12 years old and and, uh, he was with his parents. They were in Jerusalem and uh, they had traveled back home. But Jesus stayed in Jerusalem, hanging out there in the temple, talking to the religious leaders and having uh, discussions with them about the, the, the law and about God. And, uh, and and that's when Mary and Joseph discovered that uh, Jesus wasn't with them, so they had to turn around and hurry back to Jerusalem and try to find Jesus. I'm sure that was a very scary moment for uh, for Mary and Joseph. Uh, and then they, when they found him, they kind of scolded him a little bit, you know. And he says, "I got to be about my father's business." But that's that's about all we know when it comes to Jesus's childhood. When when you read uh, books. Or when you read articles about miracles that Jesus did as a child, it, it's not true. It's it, it, that, that's false because his first miracle did not come about until after his ministry started, and we know uh, from Luke chapter three verse twenty-three that his uh, ministry started when he was thirty years old, uh, when he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Um, so. When when uh, Matthew says in those days John the Baptist came to the Judean, wilderness, that, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the the birth of John, the birth of Jesus, the childhood of Jesus. It's all covered, and that's just the way the Bible does. I and mean, if the Bible gave every little detail, it it I mean I, it, the Bible would be so thick, nobody would, but it probably wouldn't even be able to pick it up and turn the pages, uh, or it would have to be written in in you know many different books the bible just sums stuff up and what's important is we have uh the life of jesus when he started his ministry as an adult and that's and this is the story of the the bible it's all about jesus it's all about god's love for us and how uh, he loves us so much that he would put on flesh and live as a, a a normal human being And be tempted as we were tempted and never yet sin one time and be able to become our sacrifice our our payment for uh sin and so that we can be reconciled to god that we could be made friends again with god that we don't know we no longer have to be separated because of sin because yes we still sin but we are covered if we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior we're washing his blood and we're covered by his blood and our sins are forgiven and and when god sees us if we have made jesus our lord and savior and we're living for him then god sees the blood of jesus and we are forgiven we are reconciled and so that that is uh the reason that that we have these stories that's why matthew has written this gospel so that it's been passed down to us two thousand years later so we can no, So we can hear and make a decision for ourselves to either uh, choose to uh, accept Jesus or reject Jesus. And so he says in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. Um, John was the forerunner of Jesus. He prepared the way for Jesus. John knew his mission. He knew his purpose. And he did it without hesitation. But it's going to come at a high price. Uh, because at one point, John's going to lose his disciples and, and if most, if not all, uh, started following Jesus. And he makes a statement later on. He says, uh, I, uh, he must increase, but I must decrease. And then it comes down to the point that John is put in prison and he is beheaded um, and his head is actually served on a, a, a platter. Um, so his mission he did it and he did it well he knew his mission and he knew his purpose but it came at a costly price because it it really cost him his life uh but he did it and 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 that there's a good lesson in that for us all because uh we all have a purpose we all have a, a mission and and that purpose is to glorify god and you know to use our talents the the things that god has blessed us with to uh, tell people about him, to to show people what he has done in our lives, so that they too can make a decision whether to accept him or to reject him. And so the question would be: Are, are we using our talents to glorify God, so that other people can see Christ in us, uh, just as John did? And there, and another lesson in that is that hey, it's gonna when we do that, it's gonna come at a price. Life is hard, but when we follow Christ unfortunately it can get a lot harder uh but it's well worth it in the end as we talked about when we studied the book of hebrews um but going back to uh, to john the baptizer uh he in my mind this is the way i picture john i picture john as, as this weird guy uh the the chosen if you ever watch the chosen series they call him creepy john and i really like that um Because if you think about it, he he would be a a, a sight to see out in in the desert, for sure. Uh, Verses 4 through 6 of Matthew 3, it says, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. So you you, you picture, I I, I picture this like a caveman uh, dressed in uh, this uh, clothing made of uh, this camel's uh, hair. Uh, and he's got this belt around his waist, and you know, if you remember, uh, the, the old cartoon Captain Caveman, Captain Caveman, um, that, that's the way I pictured John, uh, the Baptist. He, he, he didn't, he didn't wear the tunic, uh, the religious garb and all, like the religious leaders. He, he was hanging out in the desert. He lived out there, a single man, and, and, if you think if you really think about this he's eating locusts he's got this beard he's not shaving you know he, he's dirty he's nasty because he's going in the the jordan river which is a dirty river to begin with and then he's going out on the bank so he he's out there in the dirt and so uh he's coming out wet go, goes in the dirt he's getting muddy he's getting dirty uh probably they didn't don't know what kind of soap they used back then but he probably didn't have soap so he's going to be stinking he's going to be nasty he looks like a freak he's got locust in his beard he's got honey caught up in his beard i mean john if you really think about it john he, he would be creepy john um but you know what people were interested They were interested in his message, and his message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, think about this, and I mentioned it a while ago. A prophet hasn't spoken in hundreds of years. God has been silent for around 400 years, and out of nowhere, this scraggly, weird-looking guy has popped up on the scene out in the desert, and he's telling people that they have to repent of their sins because the kingdom of God was near and he's talking about jesus when he says the kingdom of god is near and jesus makes this clear uh when he was with his disciples and he even told them the kingdom of god is near and he said matter of fact it's with you now and it will be in you when the holy spirit uh filled them in acts chapter 2 was what jesus was talking about um but not only was this creepy john this weird looking guy out he's out there in the desert he's in the the Jordan river he's uh preaching this message of repentance of sins uh and because the kingdom of god is near but he's also he's baptizing people in water for the repentance of sins and and here's the thing People were listening and people were being obedient in so much that John was drawing huge, huge crowds They were coming out to see. Uh, Matthew says in verse 5 that people from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, which means they were listening to the message that he was uh, presenting to them, and they were obedient. So when John gives the invitation, they... they uh accepted uh the message they confessed their sins and he baptized them in the jordan river and 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 here's the thing about it so this creepy dude is out here uh with locusts in his beard and and honey in his beard and he's in coming in and out of the nasty jordan river and he's on the banks and he's preaching uh you know out of nowhere they haven't heard a message like this and he's preaching the kingdom of God is near. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized, uh, in water for your sins. And and people are are obedient. And and as the crowds get bigger and bigger, and people go into the town, and they're talking about this weird dude out there in the desert. The religious leaders get wind of John and what he's doing and what he's saying. And Matthew says this in verses seven through twelve. It says, but when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him. Uh, Bad he denounced them. so you've got the religious leaders coming out uh to to check this thing out. What is this weird dude doing what, what is is he actually saying what these people are saying? Is he actually talking about repenting of sins? is he actually baptizing and so they the the religious leaders they come out and they just observe they're just sitting in the crowd and they're they're watching, trying to see what this man is all about where did he come from who who exactly? is this weird, creepy guy with locust and honey matted up in his beard, dressed in this camel hair. Um, so it says that the, the Pharisees the and Sadducees, the Sadducees, they came out and they watched him, and he, he denounced him. He says, you brood of snakes. That, that's, that's a pretty rough saying from back, back then. You brutus snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are Abraham's descendants. And that's what the Jews thought. Just because they're, you know, hey, we, the covenant was made with Abraham way back in Genesis 12. Uh, we've been circumcised. We are a part of the covenant. We belong to God. And, and this was, uh, Jesus' message to the, the religious leaders. This was Paul's message to the religious leaders. And 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 here's John the Baptizer saying the same exact thing. Don't just say to each other, We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. Just because you're Jews, that doesn't mean you're in right standing with God. He says, That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even so evidently there were some rocks around him. Even now, the acts of god 's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the the fire, and so he chastises these religious leaders, and he says y'all better y'all better listen to this message, and you better confess your sins, and you better uh, be baptized in water if you want to make it to heaven if you want to be in right standing with god so he 's given them the opportunity to uh accept jesus or reject jesus to be in the kingdom or not be in the kingdom and in their minds they're thinking hey we're already in the kingdom fella we don't need your message and and we see this all throughout the gospels all through jesus's ministry in those three to three and a half years because they're constantly challenging jesus they're constantly rejecting jesus questioning jesus they try to stone jesus they want to push him off a, a cliff um and and so they they are constantly having their um, religious beliefs challenged, and and they're constantly rejecting Jesus, unfortunately. And so, when John is chast- chastising these religious leaders, he gives the, the first announcement of the Messiah, which was was pretty cool. He says, "I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon." who is greater than I am. You think this is something, you think I'm out here uh, doing a wonderful thing and you're out here observing me, you just wait, buddy, because there's somebody that's coming. It's far greater than I am. He says, he's so much greater than I am. I'm not worthy to even be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winning fork. And then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn. But the burning, he will burn the chaff with never ending now, think about what John just said. John just said, I'm not even worthy to be a slave of Jesus. I'm not even worthy to pick up the sandals that are on his dirty feet from walking around in this desert and carry them. I, I, I'm not even, I'm, I'm just not worthy. But this is very interesting to me because of what Jesus says about John. In Luke chapter 7, 24 through 30, it says after John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. So you've got this crowd of people around Jesus and his uh, uh, John John's disciples have been around talking to him and they leave and as soon as they leave, Jesus starts talking to the crowd about John the baptizer and he says, what kind of man did you go out in the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or... Were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. And I'll tell you, now listen to what Jesus says right here in, verse 28, uh, um, in Luke chapter 7, verse 28. I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Now here's John saying, there's this dude coming, he's way better than me. You think what I'm doing is something, you just wait and see what he does. He is far greater than I am. I'm not even worthy to be a slave of his. I'm not even worthy to pick up his dirty sandals and carry him." And here's Jesus saying about John, Of everybody that's ever lived, there's none greater than John. Isn't that something? And then Jesus says, yet even... This is where it gets better. Jesus says, yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. So Jesus says that John is the greatest person that ever lived. But if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we're baptized for the remission of our sins and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we belong to the Kingdom of God, the church. And we're walking with Jesus, we're living with Jesus, we're we're being obedient to Jesus. We're sharing Jesus with people. We are a part of the kingdom. No matter what our status is, no matter where we are on the social ladder, no, no matter the color of our skin, it does not matter. If we're washing the blood of Jesus, we are a part of the kingdom. And Jesus says that John was the greatest person that ever lived, yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than John the baptizer. So if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you are greater than John. And he was the greatest person that ever lived, according to Jesus. Verse 29 says, When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. John didn't see himself the way Jesus saw him. You know what? We do the same thing. We're hard on ourselves. We don't realize the potential that we have. God has given each person a measure of faith. And we take that measure of faith that God has given us, and we go into the Word, and we're reading, and we're studying the Word, and we're praying to God on a daily basis, and our faith begins to grow. But not only has He given us faith, He's given us faith talents he's given us a purpose he's given us a mission and what we have to do is realize what God has blessed us with and what we can do no matter I mean you, you might not be able to do much of anything maybe you can cook well well what about a neighbor that's down the street who's sick and you can make you're really good at making soup so make him some soup or you maybe you're really good at baking a pie bake a pie uh, uh, maybe you're good with words you know what pick up the phone and give somebody a call who needs encouraging Uh, maybe you have good uh, calligraphy and you you can write really well you know what write a letter people don't do that anymore we send text messages or we send uh uh messages over social media we don't handwrite stuff very much anymore um so write a letter and send it to somebody and just say hey man I, i just want to to send you some encouragement it it doesn't matter uh how small of a thing that you can do. It's, it's its what you're doing with that thing that God has given you. Are you using it for the glory of God? Are you using it to share Jesus with other people? Don't be so hard on yourselves and realize your potential and use it. Use the things that God has blessed you with. Uh, whatever you enjoy doing, that that that's what you can use to glorify God in your life and in other people's lives um but john knew his place john knew his place he knew he wasn't the man he he knew that his job was to get people ready for the messiah to to tell them that the kingdom of god is near it's at hand it's coming very soon and 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 we'll see this in in the next podcast. But that's when Jesus is about to come walking up to be baptized by John. John's like, well, why why are you coming to me, dude? You, you should be baptizing me." Um, and so uh, that will kick off Jesus's ministry. But John, he he, uh, uh, he knew he wasn't the man. Uh, He knew what his mission was, and that was to get people ready to meet Jesus. and And listen to what John tells the religious leaders uh, uh, about Jesus one more time. He says, "But someone is coming soon, who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn." but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. What we hear there in that passage is the reverence that John has for Jesus. I'm not even worthy to be a slave. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. If you think that I'm a big deal, and I'm out here baptizing these people, and I'm preaching this message, this guy's going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be far better. But not only that, he's going to also baptize people with fire. And we think, oh, that's cool. We like, I mean, especially, you know, we're drawn to fires. Uh, you know, that it, there's just something about a fire. We like to throw stuff in the fire and and watch it burn. Uh, but the fire in this passage, when when John says that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, this is not a good thing. It's actually a negative thing. Um, because the fire that John is referring to is hell. Um when when you look up this word in in the Greek, uh, if it may be every time that it's used, but I know it's a ton of times because I looked it up. It's it's a lot of times when it is used. It is referring to Gehenna. It's re- it's referring to the fire uh, of eternal torment in hell. And so when John says. Uh, to these people, and especially to the religious leaders, he can baptize you with the Holy Spirit, or Jesus can send you to hell. That was his message, and he's saying you can re- accept Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit, or you can reject Jesus, and and end up in hell. And unfortunately, um, you have you have these sinners uh, that are accepting John's message and being baptized, and they're repenting of their sins. But unfortunately, these religious leaders reject the message, as, as Luke pointed out, and they continue to re- uh, to reject Jesus and his message, even to his face, in trying to kill him and trying to trying to get rid of him. So uh, the message is clear from what John says uh, in verse twelve. He says he is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat and his winning for it, uh, with his winning fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. And Jesus himself even gave a parable about this in Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and we'll see that uh, when we get there. But Jesus uh, talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a farmer who planted good seed in his field, and and that night as his worker slept, the enemy comes in and, 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 and sows uh weeds among the wheat and they get out of there and when the crops grew well the wheat grew with it and the 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 farmers workers wanted to go and separate uh the wheat from uh uh, the weeds and the farmer said no don't do that because you'll pull up some of the good uh some of the good wheat with those weeds he said so in the end when it's done we go harvest it we'll just separate it then and, uh, he says, in verse 30, he says, let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat into the barn. And, and so, uh, it's just like John said, the, the Messiah is coming, and he's gonna separate the good from the bad. And the, the good have their place to go, heaven, the bad have their place to go into eternal, lasting. Uh, torment Uh, never to have any kind of relief and jesus backs backs that up with this parable in matthew 13 so let me wrap it up with this john may have looked like a freak of nature hanging out in the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey all the while dressed in uh, uh uh this camel hair looking like a caveman but he did what he was called to do he pointed people to jesus and people were able to hear the message and decide for themselves to accept or reject Jesus. And this tells me two things, at least two things. It doesn't matter what we look like. It's all about the message. We can be short, tall, fat, skinny, ugly, handsome, beautiful, whatever. Uh, we can be colored. We can be white. We can be American, Japanese. We can be any national nationality. Uh, we can be handicapped we could be in a wheelchair we could be uh walking with a cane or on a walker it does not matter what we look like or who we are it's about who he is it's all about the message what we look like does not matter and you know, and and god said it best when they were when he was looking for a replacement for a king to replace Saul and he called Jesse's uh and his sons to the party. So, uh, Samuel could pick out a new king. And they left David at home, which was ended up being God's choice. Uh, and so Samuel goes to each one of Jesse's sons from the oldest to the, to the youngest. And he keeps saying, he looks at me. He's like, Oh, this guy's good looking. Yeah. So he, you know, obviously this is God's choice. And God says, Nope. That's not my choice. And he goes through every one of Jesse's sons and he's thinking each, each son, this has got to be the one because he's got this quality. He's got this characteristic. He looks like this. He looks like he's got this uh, about him. And God says, nope, I didn't choose any of these. And, and Samuel scratching his head and he says, Jesse, I know God told me to get y'all here. You, is this all your sons? Cause God didn't choose any of these. Well, you know, I got this little runt back at home. He's, he's, uh, keeping the sheep. And Je- and Samuel says, Jesse, by all means, go and get him and we're going to stand right here. We're going to wait for you to get back with that kid. And soon as uh, David shows up, God says, that's the one that I, I want him to be the king. And so and God says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that's a great lesson for for all of us, because we, especially in the days of the social media, we, we, you know, we got people doctoring up their pictures, you know, they're airbrushing this, so, so they'll look a certain way, and and, and so many uh, young girls are looking at that, and and you know, and they they think, well, I'm not pretty, I'm, and they they, and they they struggle with depression, because they think they're ugly, and they're not ugly, they're beautiful. All people are beautiful. We are all creation of God. He has made us in His image. So we have our own beauty. So therefore, it does not matter what we look like. What What does matter is the message. Are we sharing this message of Jesus giving people the opportunity to hear about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, His great love that He has for them and what He has done for all of us. And, and giving them the opportunity to either accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior or to reject Jesus. So no matter what you look like, have confidence in yourself. Know who you are. You are a child of God. You, you are created in His image and He has blessed you. He has given you His Holy Spirit. He's living inside of you if you've been washed in the blood of Christ and, and He has blessed you with talents. And so, I just want to challenge you today to, to know who you are in Christ and take those talents that He has blessed you with and use them for for the glory of God and share Jesus with people. That That's what John did. And that's what we need to be doing today. God bless you. We'll pick up with the end of, of, of Matthew chapter 3 and finish it in the next podcast. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.